Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you like what you're listening to, connect with us. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen or HH Talk Radio, or tweet at us with the hashtag HarvestingHappiness. All righty then, let's get to it. Today we're talking about creativity, neuroscience, and knitting. And some of you listening may say knitting, and yes, knitting. And why we're talking about knitting is because the rhythmic and repetitive nature of knitting is quite calming, comforting, and contemplative. In fact, it is a mindful practice in its own right. And we're talking today about the, a passion that's been revived. And there are many knitting groups, knitting circles, knitting shops around the world that are popping up um, because it's becoming quite well known that it increases our health, our creativity, and it's a conscious form of consumerism. With me this morning is Amy Singer, who is the editor of the online knitting magazine, Knitty.com, which launched in 2002. Many people who learn that she's a knitter and a knitting magazine editor might know that she's allergic to wool, and that's pretty hysterical. In fact, she's She's perfectly happy knitting with just cotton and silk. She's written a book on the subject entitled No Sheep for You, as well as three other books on knitting. Amy lives in Toronto with her two rabbits, Boeing and Squeeze, and her partner in crime is Jillian Moreno, who's passionate about hand-spun yarn and creativity. She thinks all crafters should experience using hand-spun yarn. She's perpetually curious, enjoys poking ideas with a stick, 
and loves to inspire other spinners to think a little differently. She is also an editor at nittyspin.com, the spinning little sister of nitty.com. She's a regular contributor to PLY, or Ply Magazine, and sits on its editorial board. She travels the country teaching about knitting, and Jillian is currently working on a spinning book to be published in the new year, 2016. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Good morning. Oh, Good morning. Well, let's let's just talk about briefly about the history of Nitty. Well, Nitty was founded out of uh, boredom and free time, and opportunity really, because uh, at the time I was working. This is Amy, by the way. Hi, um, working as a proofreader in advertising, which is uh, can be a really deadly dull job, and I had uh, summers where I needed to look busy. And I learned computer programming in terms of HTML in the 90s. And 2000 came around and blogs came around. And all of a sudden, I started to see people posting individual knitting patterns on their blogs. Here's something I designed. Would you like to have it? Here you go. It's for free. So there's one here and there's one over there and there's one in another corner. And they were all over the place. And there were very few interesting and and functional ways to find these patterns, and they were actually pretty good. Um, so, you know, up to then, all we had were books and magazines. So, I started the magazine in the middle of June because I thought I could. I just, there's no reason I couldn't. You know, I had the programming skills and I had the availability of these patterns, and I put up a call saying, I want to put up a magazine. I have these qualifications. No one's going to get paid. Let's all do it together. And we got some great submissions. We pretty much published everything we got for the first issue because it was all good and it was all what we had. And by the time the first issue was out for about 24 hours, I realized it was my dream job. I'll say, you know, it's like doing what you love and, and hopefully the money has followed because it's really become quite an industry. I mean, there are these... I live in Los Angeles, and I know that there are lots of yarn stores and, and knitting creativity programming or programs going on around this city. And I imagine this, this is pretty global at this time. It is. Um, we noticed around 2001, this is what the, everyone marks as, as the big turning point, you know, uh, 9-11 happened and people started to want to hunker down and feel safe. And one way to feel safe was to to start to make things with their hands instead of just buying something at the store. And knitting became, you know, something that we turned back to because we knew our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers had been doing this. And, in fact, our great-grandfathers had been doing this, but that's another story. Um, And so to be able to make things with your hands just felt right. It felt like I want to be at home. I don't really want to be anywhere near an airport. Here's what I'm going to do. That started in 2002. Then it was novelty, and then it was what's available. And and somehow in the interim between when people had been knitting actively, um, you know, in the war effort in in the middle of the last century, and then for fashion a little bit in the 60s and 70s, when and fashion is in quotes, you've seen those horrible um, pictures of bad granny square crocheted things and and ugly face masks and and weirdness. You know, knitting went mental. And knitted it sort of, hot pants. Can yes. Knitted hot pants. Knitted hot pants and, you know, lederhosen <laughs> and, and craziness. Um, but then it started to become beautiful. And then there be- became these gorgeous yarns made out of silk and gorgeousness of, of hand-dyed stuff and things that we didn't know we could have. It used to just be blue yarn, red yarn, white yarn. 
And now it's plastic 47 yarn. shapes. Yeah, it was always plastic. Remember that plastic stuff people made slippers out of? Yeah. And next thing you know, we have, you know, merino and cashmere plied together and hand dyed by somebody in the middle of a desert. It's, it's amazing. So that just got people so excited. And then we had this final ingredient, which is the internet, which we never had before. So now we have this way of creating beautiful things and sharing what we're creating with people in other corners of the galaxy, practically. And that just was amazingly stimulating, and then people went nuts. It, it definitely has changed. In fact, I was at the beach the other day in Malibu in my little local community, and I saw a girl in, in knitted hot pants. And I just chuckled when you were describing that because I took a triple take. I kind of looked at her. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. And they were very, they were very fashionable. That's the difference. The fashion back then was sort of naturally fugly. It, didn't, it couldn't help itself in the 70s. It just, you know, there's really nothing beautiful about huge bell bottoms, even at the time. We wore them, and I'm not quite sure where we got excited about them, but, you know, I wore them. But now things are, are done with an attention to detail, and as you've probably seen in gap windows all over the place, uh, you know, it's been embraced by retail as well because it's such a beautiful look when it's done well. And that's what's happening now is there's an attention to detail, uh, you know, finishing, fine detailing that there wasn't before. Let's talk about the rise of independent business in the craft world, because I, I would imagine um, that post-recession, people um, are, are doing a lot more craft. And I'm pretty sure that's true. I can speak for myself. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it seems economical. And what it is is a way to make your money last longer because instead of a movie that where you blow 30 bucks in a night, you buy a skein of yarn for $30 and it can last you three, four weeks. Mm. And you have something gorgeous after the fact. Absolutely. And with this $30 skein of yarn, you can also gather with other people and their yarn, either online or in person, or in front of a TV and all watch you know, Downton Abbey together while you're knitting. <laughs> it's it's true. A, a crafts Ooh. are an exponential joy. And when we talk about the, the, the sitting together, I think that that is what a lot of the scientific research that's been done on the value of knitting, what happens to us when we come together, when we're, in, when we're communing, when we're connected in a knitting circle. So talk a little bit about that, if you would, about what happens to our bodies, what happens to our minds. I think we've had different levels of connection that have happened as, as a result of this last knitting renaissance. Um, first, it was online because that was easiest. And people who would normally never leave their houses, shy people, awkward people, had an instant community. And then they found that the knitting stores were suddenly supporting them and giving them a place to hang. So coffee shops, of course, are a place you can go and knit. But to go into a yarn store and sit and have a coffee and, and support the yarn store and meet like-minded people, it's, it's immensely comforting to, to know we all speak the same language. Um, and I suppose in the same way as religion gives you sort of a common ground, knitting gives you a common ground. You know, we're all the same. We all love fiber in some form. And so when we sit down, I don't know the person next to me, but instantly we know each other. Yes, there are no strangers in knitting. I have met knitters in airports on beaches like you have. I was just camping with my family last weekend and I had my spinning wheel with me and three or four people who do crafts stop by just to watch and talk. Interesting. 
Interesting. Um, how does crafting make you happier, smarter, and calmer? <laughs> Part of it is the repetition that we've talked about. Part of it is the gathering with people. To me, and it makes you smarter because you're always learning something new. And it's this wonderful combination of focus and open creativity. You want to try new stitch patterns, which is the open creativity. You look at everything around you or you're inspired by colors in nature. And then you have to focus to figure out how to make it work, to make it fit to make it um, come out right with the particular needles and yarn that you want to use. So it is just an explosion in your brain. If they could hook a knitting brain up to sensors, the colors would be going off like fireworks. Knitting is also the perfect definition of the flow principle. You know, when you're in your groove, your hands are flying and your brain is free to do whatever it wants. And it's such a relaxing thing. It actually is a wonderful treatment for, for people with anxiety. Uh, it helps a lot. We are going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with our amazing knitters, Amy Singer and Jillian Moreno. To learn more, please visit Nitty.com. On Facebook, that page is Nitty. And also Amy Nitty Singer. And the Twitter handle is Nitty.com. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Love is in the air, in the whisper of the tree. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We are talking about knitting. And some of you might think that's a little bit odd for an Applied Positive Psychology and Wellbeing show, but we're talking about the, the value of knitting, how it contributes to our mind and brain wellness. And with me in the studio today is Amy Singer and Jillian Moreno. They are the editors of two really cool blog on or online magazines. Nitty.com is one and Nitty 
Spin.com is the other. And prior to the break, we were talking about the virtues of knitting, including helping us get into what psychologist Mihalia Csikszentmihalyi calls the flow state, where we're in rapture in the moment, where we're just euphoric and joyful with our activity. We lose track of time and space. And we are so present in the moment and filled with what we are doing that it it, it, it it enhances our well-being immensely. So, ladies, let's talk about some of these other values and virtues of knitting. What else does it do for us? There is the, um, the pride that, that comes from doing something well. And uh, I remember the first time I turned the heel of a sock, which is something that knitters have been doing for thousands of years. Uh, you know, taking a tube of fabric and making it go around a corner to fit a body part, it, it seems, you know, magical. I mean, we, we all wear socks. All of them are knitted, whether they're knitted on hand needles or knitted on machines. But to actually make it happen, is it feels, you feel like a genius. Uh, and there's nothing yeah. bad about that. I am not a knitter, although Sarah um, and, and I, my, Sarah, my producer, we were talking about the fact that we probably are going to take it up after we did our, our research for this show, because there is a huge sense of, of pride and achievement in, in making something, especially turning the corner on a sock. I never thought about that, but I, I get it. it, it that's, that is, uh, that's a skill. There's also the heaping of love on people when you knit for them. There is nothing like knitting, knitting for friends, knitting for family, knitting for a new baby. I'm a new aunt, and the amount of love I put in every stitch of the baby blanket I just knit for my new nephew was astounding. There were times I had to stop, and I got misty about it, just thinking about him joining our family. And I knit all of this into that blanket and sent it away to him. Wow. I, I hadn't thought of that. It did make my eyes well up as I'm thinking about, you know, knitting for somebody, knitting for a new baby. When my, when my kids were born, um, a friend of mine knitted a blanket for each one of the kids, and I still have those blankets. My kids, one's going off to college next week. And I'm thinking about that, that, that what that felt like to be the recipient of that love, of that focus. It's true. There's, yeah, there's a stereotype that's easy. It's a, sort of a little knee-jerk thing that the media uses, that hand knits are an embarrassment. And maybe that comes from that whole, you know, bad polyester, plastic yarn, hot pants, 70s era. It's tied, nowadays, to the, it's tied to the granny knitting stereotype also. Yeah, and some grannies have better taste than others. But when something beautiful yeah. is hand knit for you, you cannot help but be moved by it. And, you know, I wish people could see... You know, when something horrible happens, one of our, our, our favorite people lost her mom several years ago. And the first instinct knitters have, whether they've met her or not, is to do something for her. And the best thing we can do is knit for her. So they made a blanket of love and sent it to her. And she still has it. And, and her mom's been long gone. But she has that tangible representation of love with her all the time. What about hand-eye coordination, spatial awareness, fine motor dexterity? I would think that this is something that would um, be increased with knitting. And, and I would think as we age, the more we are able to knit, the more we are able to maintain all of these faculties as well. 
It's true, but there there is a very fine line to to balance, and this is one of the problems I'm going through, and that's when it comes to repetitive strain. Um, I get into the flow state when I knit to the point that I am not aware of what's happening physically with my body. It's not like I'm spaced out. I just don't think about the fact that my hands are starting to hurt, and that's not very smart, and it unfortunately is becoming more common, um, the obsession with going and, and completing or or just one more row. Uh, and next thing you know, you've, you've given yourself carpal tunnel or tendonitis in your thumb or some other horrible thing. So there has to be a balance between that beautiful rapturous state and doing what you need to do to keep your, your mechanics, your physical body working properly. Though there have been studies, and again, it's a balance, that if you keep moving your hands, like in knitting, it helps to prevent um, and decrease the pain of arthritis in your hands. True. But again, there's a fine line between keeping all of those uh, muscles and joints warm and giving yourself a repetitive stress injury. You know, I just had this silly thought pop into my mind that maybe in five or 10 years for the generation of knitters that started in, you know, 2000, we're going to have to have knitting rehab. You know, if you don't know when to stop, you know, your, your hands are hurting and you don't realize <laughs> yes, you're in pain. We should... We should all become hand physical therapists now, and then we'll, you know, be rolling in it when that time comes. No kidding. Funny. Um, how about patience and perseverance? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Julie, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Me? I am not patient. There are there are a couple types of knitters. Um, a process knitter is the person who loves to start a project. And once they get the hang of the project or see the crux of the project and figure it out, they're likely to put it aside and start something new. And there are also uh, knitters that are um, product knitters who their only state is to get to that finished product. And, you know, we look at each other with hairy eyeballs, but they're both very legitimate types of knitters and knitting. And um, it's a different level of patience and perseverance. I am a process knitter. I love to start. I love to uh, pick up things. I love to figure out how things work. And once I know how to turn that heel, uh, I don't care if I finish the sock or not. I know what'll happen. So I'm unlikely to continue though. Um, Frequently, I find the perseverance to to finish a project, like for the baby blanket for my nephew. And I'm the other kind, where the reason, the, what motivates me to do it is I want the thing. I want to wear the thing. I want to give the thing. Um, you know, I want to see it completed. So, and maybe that's what's <laughs> contributed to the fact that I've hurt myself because I'm so focused on getting this thing done. And what a metaphor for life. You know, like some of us are really uh, uh, focused on the destination and there are others of us that just concentrate on the journey. So we have, you know, process or product. It's true. I can I can open the door and walk through it. But, you know, I've got to have somebody else close that door behind me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Don't many people take novices bring their 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 knitting goods to be finished off at, at, at shops i've heard of this from friends like oh i don't really possess the skill to you know finish off that piece so i'm just going to take it over to my to my yarn store and, and they'll help me that happens what's amazing to me um there's this whole concept of levels of difficulty in a pattern and we actually reject that concept totally at knitty we believe in levels of concentration there's nothing that is harder than anything else 
there may be things that are physically more awkward to perform, like a knit three together through the back loop is awkward. But nothing is harder. It's just, you know, how many cups of coffee and how closed does the door have to be? And do you know how to do it? Do you have the skill yet? Maybe it's just something you need to learn. So there are lots of classes that uh, exist at knitting shops to help you learn how to finish a garment. And actually finishing, you know, putting two seams together, it's not hard. It takes concentration and patience, and that's all it is. Um, in some ways, it's very, very mathematical. The needle goes into a very specific stitch as you are closing the seam. And once you know where that stitch is, it's, it's, it's almost mindless. It's, it's you know, very meditative and very relaxing to do what that's called mattress stitch to make an invisible seam up the side of your sweater. But you just have to know you can do it. And unlike sewing where you, you know, and I've, I've been experiencing this lately uh ripping a seam is a lot more stressful than pulling out the thread from a a, a seam that you didn't do as well on a knitted sweater it literally you're pulling out a much bigger thread it it takes two seconds and then just try again says the product knitter the process knitter (laughs) says sometimes you just don't want to and guess what you don't have to there are other people that you can pay to finish for you so why not if it's something that doesn't bring you joy because that's really what this is about pay somebody to do it and be done and get that's to start your point. next project point. <laughs> Ladies, you mentioned that about mathematics yeah you mentioned about mathematics which brings me um circling back to something you mentioned when we first started our conversation about men um enjoying knitting and uh, there's an interesting little factoid that I found online that um, Albert Einstein was reputed to have knitted between projects to calm his mind and clear his thinking. I think that's pretty interesting. That's the first time we heard that today. We've never, we actually didn't know that one. And we, we are not surprised. It's perfect. Uh, it, it, it clears your, knitting can clear your mind. Knitting can rev you up or it can erase what came before so to me it makes absolute and perfect sense wow well and 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 men are coming into these groups i i have i have seen this with my own eyes in 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 southern california and i suppose it is that it it is kind of a technical sport right it is but what's uh, uh, absolutely shocking to me is that, that, that we don't know as a group, some of us know, knitters, the, the majority of, of skilled knitters in the beginning of the last century and early were men. Women weren't, weren't allowed. We were too busy cooking and, and raising children and, and cleaning. But the men were the, the members of the knitting guilds. They did the finest work. And the fact that, that this is now a thing that they have to come back to, I'm sad, but I'm glad they're coming because this is their thing. Men love to see how stuff goes together. That's knitting. Watch watch a piece of fabric be formed under your fingers. It's amazing. Talk about control and power. I mean, it makes me chuckle. It's true. <laughs> look what you know. What, look at what we make with our hands. We are out of time, ladies, and I want to thank you from the fullness of my heart for being with us this morning. To learn more, please visit knitty.com or knittyspin.com. And on Facebook, the page is knitty or Amy Nitty Singer. And on Twitter, that handle is at Nitty.com. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back with more discussion on knitting and fashion.
Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Saturday afternoons on 97.5. Joy riding the coast with a global vibe, pleasing your ears and inspiring your mind. Quem mostrava esse caminho longe? Quem mostrava esse caminho longe? Esse caminho passando Joy riding the coast with me, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Saturdays 2 to 5 on 97.5. KBU and RadioMalibu.net. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I have got a big smile on my face because today we are talking about knitting, but not your grandma's knitting. We're talking about uh, a passion that's been revived and how knitting in uh, the modern sense is a very mindful activity. And there's been studies done in neuroscience that show that the act of knitting um, can actually increase our positive emotion and our happiness. And with me now is Jade Harwood. She's not only a knitter, but she is a fashion designer. She is the co-founder and creative director of Wool and the Gang. And for those of us who are of a certain age, we might know that's a play on Cool and the Gang from the 70s. Her other half is Aurelie Popper. Um, but Jade and Aurel, is it Aurelie? Jade, jump in here. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Oh, you're absolutely correct. It's Aurelie. It's quite a tricky one, that name. <laughs> it is a tricky one. Jade yeah. and Aurelie met while study, studying textiles at London Central St. Martin's, originally being taught the skill of knitting by their grannies around the age of 14. By the age of 26, Jade was the co-founder and creative director of Wool and the Gang a global fashion brand that is disrupting the traditional fashion model by championing a more sustainable way to produce fashion. Their idea was simple. Make knitting sexy in rock and roll. Love this. They have a gang of over 1,600 knitters around the world who help to design, produce, and sell their collection. They have partnered with brands ranging from the British Fashion Council and is it Giles Deacon? Yep. through the lifestyle brands Mini, Cooper, and Veuve Clicquot Champagne. Mm. Since the business has developed, they've moved from their home in New York City to East London in 2012, where they spend time between their London studio in Dalston to Peru to work with local artisans to develop their collection and to New York for research trips. A typical day for these ladies balances studio work, yarn, pattern writing, sales, investor meetings, and taking time 
for self-care with Reiki sessions to keep their inner creativity alive. Welcome, Jade. I am just, I am excited to talk to you. This is so cool. Well, thank you for like the happiest introduction ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, th this is all you. And because I am a lady of a certain age, when Sarah, my producer, mentioned Wool and the Gang, I had a big grin on my face because it made me want to start singing that song, It's Ladies Night, you know, which... Oh, yeah. We play that in the <laughs> office often, especially on a Friday night. <laughs> yes, yes. So who is the gang? And what does Cool and the Gang do differently? I mean, we've talked a little bit about that already, but tell us about, really, uh, the, the, the new face of fashion is really what we're talking about here. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone can be in our gang um, from all ages. It's really, um, if, you're, if you're in our gang, um, you're, we're, we're a tribe of people creating a new movement in fashion. And like I said, like, everyone is welcome to join us, whether even just following us on social media and, and so on. Um, but kind of stepping back, starting with the very essence of our name, Will and the Gang, it instantly brings that smile to your face. And we're all about community and um, it's all around this idea of bringing a gang of people together to do something great. And uh, we would say we're more a fashion experience as opposed to a pure fashion brand. Um, we have a collection of designs that you can make yourself. And literally everything comes in a kit with super easy instructions. Or you can also buy finished pieces that have been made um, handmade by our global gang of makers, um, which is made in their home with lots of love and not in a factory. Um, the concept came from the idea, like you mentioned earlier, like to make knitting more sexy and cool and fun and accessible for a younger generation. And we we did that by sort of making the patterns um, just much more simpler. And, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen an old... Have you seen a knitting pattern before? Um, I, I have not. I, 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 I am not a knitter as yet, but I am now compelled yay. to begin. Yay! <laughs> if you look Maybe we need to do a little happy, happy, happy line or something together. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be so happy to teach you. Um, what like the old patterns are um, written in a sort of like code language. I'm really sorry about that. That sound. I'm literally. No, that's London um, calling. That's, that's London. That's, I know. <laughs> that's real life. Yeah. Um, where was I? So. Yeah, we just saw this big trend kind of you know, seven years ago when we started the business that people wanted to kind of go back to basics, just like how it started with people going back to cooking their own food again. And we saw this within um, the fashion industry. And uh, we believe it kind of you know, inviting people to kind of be part of the making process, um, connects them with their clothes again and, and bring back, uh, brings back the values um, to clothes again because we feel like it kind of got a bit out of control with fast fashion and, and so on. Well, and the idea of, of bringing it home, of being able to handcraft something like you said with love. These garments are made with a lot of love and they're made with, with, with fashion savvy. I mean, your stuff is, is hip. You know, I was, we were talking in the last segment about um, a woman I saw the other day in Malibu wearing knitted hot pants, you know, and they were fabulous. I took like two or three looks. I'm like, whoa. Those are cool. I don't have the booty to wear those anymore, but I was admiring them, thinking that's that's knitting um, in the new age, right? Yeah, definitely. And our, our, our design philosophy is to kind of design timeless pieces that you want to kind of cherish forever and keep in your wardrobe forever, you don't, that you don't want to throw away. 
Um, so our our style is to kind of design timeless pieces that have a kind of contemporary feel and yeah, bringing that cool back to knitting. That you're doing something that I find uh, very heartwarming, and that is that you are working with craftspeople in Peru to to knit the line, to actually knit the products that are in your ready ready to wear line. Yeah, and we also have um, we're building up a network of knitters in the UK at the moment, and we'll soon be expanding that to the US um, because we believe that you don't need to kind of go overseas and production doesn't need to be kind of miles away we believe it can be in the homes kind of bringing back the cottage sort of industry that once was um and as i mentioned that the way we design like our for example like one of our hats they take about 45 minutes to make and uh, that's for like quite an accomplished knitter <laughs> the beginners probably might might take about you know, an evening but they could definitely do it because um, we also have video tutorials um on our website that gives everyone the help that they need um, to learn. Um, but going back to like our yeah our global network of knitters, they're all um, I know they're just also passionate about making making clothes, and we're allowing them to make clothes um, for our customers that really appreciate handmade clothes. And uh, so you know they, they we allow them to sort of make you know extra money as a kind of a supplement to their to their jobs. And it's fulfilling their passion at the same time. And it, 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 with the artisans um, that you work, it, let's say in Peru, you're also contributing to their local e economy, I would think. You're yeah. helping to That's really great. serve families. Yeah. And they're so inspiring. Like, it's really amazing, actually, because I unfortunately don't speak Spanish. I'm still learning. Um, but when I go to Peru, you kind of speak the language of knitting, and it's it's really sweet. And they, every time I go, they always teach us like new skills, and they're equally passionate about it as well. So we we go with all our sort of textile swatches because mine and Orly's background is in textiles, and so we do all these like swatches of all the different techniques or stitches or yarns that we want to we want to make garments out of, and then we take our drawings. And like I said, we can't we can't speak Spanish, but we we kind of do lots of arm movements and um, miming to kind of explain what we want. And then they yeah they go off and and make it, and they just they can't wait to come back and show what um, what they've made. So it really is like a collaboration with them. And the knitting is is the common language. You know, you don't you don't need the words. You've got the the the, the language of the stitch yeah. to uh, really speak for itself. And this brings me to talk about how one learns to knit. You said that you have video tutorials on your website. So when somebody comes to woolinthegang.com, yeah. what kind of experience can they expect? Well, you offer um, beginner knit kits for like the absolute beginners. Um, I always would rec recommend anyone trying to start off with a nice, simple, uh, straight scarf. Um, it's the easiest one to sort of tackle and to definitely go with our chunky wool um, because you can get instant gratification. You can really feel encouraged that you're, you're learning quite quickly and then you can see your scarf growing within an hour. You've probably done about you know, half a meter. Um, and so if, yeah, if you come to our site, you can go to the beginner knit kit sections and that's where we have a curated um, section of all our easiest kits um, for people to to tackle and then we it goes from easy 
So it goes from beginner, easy, intermediate, and then we've got experienced. Because we see that people like to kind of grow or, or feel like they're progressing, um, going from beginners to doing something more complicated. This is fabulous. So it's kind of like um, knit you, you know, <laughs> knitting <laughs> university where you kind of go there and learn how to start from the very beginning. That I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm going to, I'm going to um, jump on that. I have a daughter that's going to college next yeah. week, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And I think this would be a fun thing to share with her. You know, she can be doing her thing and I'll be doing mine. Oh, definitely. And it's so rewarding, like that feeling of learning something and then having a finished product that you've made with your very own hands. You almost want to sort of just, I don't know, you're so proud. It's such a, I don't know, empowering feeling. We are going to go to a break. And when we return, we're going to continue the conversation with Jade Harwood. Um, I want to talk about knitting parties because this sounds like fun. Um, But before we do that, we're going to go and take a pause. To learn more, please visit woolandthegang.com. On Facebook, the page is Wool and the Gang. And on Twitter, that handle is at Wool and the Gang. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Wow. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. Welcome so back good. to Harvesting Happiness Talk. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Spread the word on social media because we're talking about a passion revived. We're talking about knitting. And this is not your grandma's knitting. This is modern, high fashion, cool knitting. And with me today is Jade Harwood. She is the co founder and creative director of Wool and the Gang. And Wool and the Gang is a UK-based collaborative, I would like to say, of people who are doing amazing, fashionable knitting. And just today, they have launched a Knit Parties um, page on their website. So 
whatever city you're based in, you can either start or connect up with an existing knitting group, which I think is just fabulous. So Jane, tell us a little bit about this. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so we we started this platform to connect people to to learn how to knit um, or to you know, polish off their skills or even just to sort of just have a really great night connect, catching up with your friends or going with your friends to a Will and the Gang party because we feel like people are wanting to experience I don't know, enriching sort of happy moments with their friends that also has all these great benefits of like learning a skill and um, unleashing their creativity. So, yeah, we've got um, them happening in London, um, New York, Chicago, San Francisco. And you can either host, if you can't go to any of the, the parties that we're hosting in those cities, um, you can also just host a party in your home. And uh, it's a nice little setup where if you're the host, you get a kit for free and then you invite five friends along and they get a nice kit for um, a special price and a discount. And when you're hosting a party in your home, you, there's a whole tailored um, digital experience where we provide all the tools that you need um, to kind of help you along to learn together. So it will teach you how to cast on. It teaches you how to do three different types of stitches from beginner to experienced stitches. And um, there's different products, like there's, it's what we call a snood operator. We love to name our products after songs. That's a Sade um, reference there. <laughs> and, um, uh, we have little, we have, well, actually we just launched crochet this summer, which has taken a massive revival as well as knitting. Um, so we have like crochet sort of little baskets that you can make or there's a pillow you can make or a little clutch um, and we're sort of yeah, we're rolling out these different parties um, all around the world and it's really nice to see, it's just really nice I think to see that collective sort of learning and uh, and it's, it's always interesting to see actually at the parties there's this like first 25 minutes where everyone's really concentrating and we have a playlist that kind of goes along with these parties so we always have the first sort of 30 minutes it's really chilled zen music and then it kind of starts to pick up after about 45 minutes because that's when everyone's kind of found their rhythm and then there's a bit of a celebration sort of music towards the end um i think we've got james brown at the end playing um, wow. I, I feel good that's it <laughs> And isn't that the, the whole purpose, to feel good? Oh, exactly. There's just, um, I think that that's our, our whole sort of mission is to make people feel good because I think feeling good in yourself where you've made something, um, in those moments you have all these, like in the knit party sort of experience, you're with friends that you, know, you love or you, you're making something that you will cherish because you've made it with your own hands or then you can go on to sort of gift um, you, can, you can make it for yourself or you can make for others and it's just such a, you know, a lovely feeling I want to um, quote something from your website that talks about uh, there's an increase on Google searches from 2013 it, there's been a surge of 70% increase of uh, how-to searches so people are wanting this the public is wanting this information Knitting and crocheting are, are, they're the new yoga, right? I mean, this is what you say on yeah. your website, that it's yeah. a meditative hobby, you know, yeah. like yoga is such. Yeah, because you can just really, once you've kind of got the basics and 
imagine you, you know, imagine you're making a scarf. After sort of maybe ten rows of knitting your scarf, the gentle sort of rhythm of repeti- rep- repeating, you know, the same stitch allows your mind to sort of disconnect and. Um, I don't know, there's just this really zen sort of feeling when you're knitting. Because um, I, I, I still, I mean, I get asked if I knit, and I do, I still knit every day. Because um, I have that sort of craving to sort of want to disconnect from the you know, crazy, busy daily life. Um, so, yeah, it's um, incredibly sort of meditative. I am looking on the website, and I am looking at the Jelly Man Snood. How long would it take a, a, a neophyte to do that? Um, that one would probably, that one, I would say take two days, I would say. Um, now, two, two, two full days? Full days, yeah. Wow. So well, we that would be an end project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weekend project. The other one that's very cool on here is the Atlantis beanie. That's yeah. be- that's a beaut. How long would that take? I want to take a, that one because this is um, a collaboration we did with um, Christopher Rabin. He's an amazing um, up and coming British designer who really flies the flag for sustainability. Um, so we collaborated him with him at London Fashion Week in February. And he came to the studio and he had this amazing textiles fabric. And so we interpreted the uh, the textiles into that knit stitch that you can see. So it's really textured and kind of looks like a bit of like a Chanel sort of jacket, doesn't it? Got like a bit of a brioche vibe. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. I, w- I wish I could make that. I guess oh. I, well, I, I can make it. I just need to slow, slow down long enough to make it. Yeah, you so can make it and you'd feel so good and you would look good. <laughs> I, I, I definitely would. Well, I, I, you and I are going to talk after we're done because it gives me an idea. I, um, well, I can just say it on the air. I work a lot with addiction and trauma recovery, and mm-hmm. I just had an idea that it would be amazing to take a small group and test the knitting circle with them. Yeah, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that, that would be, be cool? That would be amazing, and I mean, we'd definitely be happy to to contribute with anything we can. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk about that. And then we'll, we'll, we'll post pictures. We'll do everything that, that, that you ask of us on yep. your site because it would be really an interesting project. And, uh, and the feedback from the clients as they're going through their recovery process would be amazing. Ah, sounds very exciting. Cool. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that. But yeah. the, uh, this site, everybody who's listening, I, I really urge people to go to this site because it's so cool, so fashionable, so much fun. And what you're doing is, is very integrated from a from business perspective. It's quite brilliant. You know, you're doing you're offering an activity that makes people happy, that generates well-being. Um, is operating for the greater good, is, is sustainable, is, is conscious capitalism at its best. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. But you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it was our mission. Wait, yeah, that- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know or wasn't, uh, wasn't part of your, your, your purpose. But let's talk about the creative process and making space for it. Um. Do you mean in terms of like how we design our collections? Yes, yes. Um, well, we always start with um, the textiles. Um, 
because we just love to sort of just experiment and kind of freestyle um, with the different sort of stitches or the needle sizes because you know if you're knitting with really chunky needles or with really thin yarn then you can have a like a really meshy open uh, loose kind of knit versus if you knit something on super tiny needles um, which obviously would just take longer but we love to sort of you know just have a real good creative session and create all the different textiles um, and making space for this we oops, sorry about the noise London uh, calling <laughs> <laughs> it's so busy here um, yeah we make this space by actually we spend one week out of the office um, where we can really use kind of the creative side of our brains um, to um, I don't know, just unleash the creativity. It's a, it's totally a different side of the brain compared to running the business and having to think of, I don't know, different other other kind of creative business ideas um, when you're sort of designing. And um, it's really important, actually. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's almost like you don't need loads of... T- it's, for us, it's where we... If you have, like, a kind of time-boxed amount of time, you can, I feel like you're always kind of unconsciously thinking about different ideas... And then when you have that moment, that really you know, special moment to create, then it all comes out. Um, it's actually my favourite time in the world. Mm. Yeah. And you and your co-founder, where is she right now? Is she is she off minding the the shop, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's actually designing all our next party products. Um, so as I was mentioning earlier, like we have to we have to design so everyone can feel like they can um, knit our knit our design. So literally, an alien could come down and feel like they could pick up pick up a, one of our kits. So she's designing some some new designs for beginners at this current moment. Fantastic. Well, we, we've talked um, about many of the benefits of knitting in terms of mindfulness, social connection. Um, meeting mental challenge and problem solving, encouraging creativity, focusing our attention, uh, a sense of pride and accomplishment over having created one of these pieces, patience, perseverance, memory formation and retrieval is another one, another benefit of knitting. So the the benefits of uh, taking up knitting and, and being in a community of knitters are immense. And I wanted to uh, ask you if you had any other benefits that maybe I'm not seeing. I'm, I, I think that there are probably hundreds of them. We're yeah. almost out of time, though, so a quick one. Oh, um, I know it can help prevent dementia. Ooh, we like that for yeah. for us uh, uh, aging uh, rock stars. <laughs> I say that fondly. That's good. We we want to stave off dementia. Um, and it also really helps to get for smokers as well to stop. Um, ah. Yeah, to help them stop smoking because you know they're doing things with their hands so gives them less time oh, to smoke. Oh, that's a good one. So the challenge for all of you out there who want to stop smoking, we recommend that you take up knitting, that you go visit Wool and the Gang to learn more. And my guest was Jade Har or is Jade Harwood. And on Facebook that page is Wool and the Gang and the Twitter handle is at Wool and the Gang. And I wanted to just close out with a parting thought and thank my amazing guests for being with me today, Jade Harwood, Amy Singer, and Jillian Moreno. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, 
poor traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. And once again, my amazing guests, Jade Harwood, Amy Singer, and Jillian Moreno, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And thanks to our producers who make us shine each and every week. We appreciate you. Go out and make it a great one. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us every Wednesday morning live at 10 to 11 Central Time here on TogiNet Radio. Then harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with free downloadable podcasts available at iTunes. To learn more about Lisa's filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Each week... Harvesting Happiness presents engaging trendsetters, exploring our world through science, art, medicine, media, music, philosophy, politics, and the human heart, whose perspectives on life are sure to inspire, provoke, and engage. Lisa's diverse guests are a proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following us on Twitter at hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Then join us again next week at this same time on the TogiNet Radio Network.